0: <laughs> Happy Halloween, listeners! I thought I'd start with a little, with a little spook fest. That's right, lads. Strap in. All right, hold on, hold on. It was getting too intense. It was getting too intense. Let's do this. Live from London, this is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collum on Teachers Talk Radio. Happy Halloween listeners, I hope you've all set your clocks to the appropriate time today and are tuning in for another Sunday Brunch where today we talk about common misconceptions that you could well be teaching your kids, in fact I'm going to guarantee that at least one of these you're teaching your kids, but you're wrong, but you're here so you're gonna learn, it's good times. We are live from London. This is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collum on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Are you feeling spooky? Guys, are you trick or treating tonight? I'm not trick or treating. Come on, I'm a teacher. This is my this is my one time I get to not be around kids, um, you know, causing mischief in the world. So I'm going to leave them to it. Um, whether I'll answer the door to trick or treaters is yet to be yet to be known. You know, I may well I may do the old shut the curtains, <laughs> pretend, pretend I'm out. You know, and then I'll just eat the snacks. I'll buy snack, Right, so here's how it's going to go for, for Graham Columns Halloween. I'm going to buy a bunch of snacks today. When I do the weekly shop, I'm going to buy a bunch of Haribo, a bunch of popcorn and crisps, all in the little packets, so I can tell myself I'm being a good guy and I'm going to give kids treats, right? And then come around 7 p.m. when the door goes, just going to let it hang. Just, <laughs> just going to leave and be. In fact, I'm going to close the curtains as they ring the doorbell and um, and crack open a bag of popcorn <laughs> for myself. This is this is how a Halloween goes for, for me. I'll have a horror movie on, sure. Um, Seema says, I've done that in the past. I'm so miserable. Oh, it's bad. It's bad, I know. You know what? Um, I've been asked which horror movie I'm, I'd watch tonight. I, I've been on a week of horror movies this week. Um, celebrating half term. Congrats, people. I hope you've all been enjoying it. If you're on half term this week, it's a good time to have it. I've been watching a ton of them. We watched Life. Um, most recently with Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds, Rebecca Ferguson, who's amazing. Um, highly recommend Life. It's a sci-fi horror. Very, very scary indeed. Um, worth. It's modern. It's kind of, it's got enough to interest you as well. It's just a really well-made film, but terrifying. And um, if you've seen it, all I need to say is Calvin, and that's enough to run a chill down your spine we also watched the woman in black for the second time um love that Lo- actually forgot how terrifying it was there was a moment the person we were watching with did a full yell a full uh ah! while, while watching <laughs> you know it's a good movie when that happens so yeah woman in black um oh we also watched the cabin in the woods that was a bit and un- i hadn't seen that one before a bit of an unexpected gem May I say it is a bit outdated. You know, you get the it, it's a bit early 2000s in many ways, but it plays with the formula. Um, and and yeah, it, 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 it kind of it, it aged it ages quite well in that it plays with the whole formula of of, of standard teen horror movie kind of things. I uh, Listen, I recommend all three of those. I recommend all three tonight. I might go for The Ring just as a classic favorite. The Ring. Um, that would be the one that I that I would go for tonight, but yeah, you know, there's a whole ton. Any recommendations for me guys? Tell me, educate me in the ways of horror. I'm pretty well educated. I would say one of the scariest ones I've seen, um, Texas Chainsaw Mass. Oh, you know what? Should I be talking about these on, on Teachers Talk Radio? Are there any kids listening? Because I will largely change the content of this conversation. <laughs> all right. All right. Let, let's move on. Shall we? Um, there's a ton of good horror movies. If you're a kid, Get Hocus Pocus on. Get Disney Plus Hocus Pocus. Adams Family, all of those are good. This is me rapidly trying to save the um save the chat. <laughs> save save my neck on Teachers Talk Radio. Um yes, indeed. If you missed the start of the show, you missed some Halloweeny spooky thrills already. That's right. This is this is a a, a little preview of it. Here's a little Ha 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 imagine imagine tuning into the sunday brunch and that comes on some people experienced it some people were here for it so that is so that is it we've got the halloween movies on the go we're avoiding trick-or-treaters this is classic british halloween <laughs> i tell you what this year though the old farms are leaning hard into the old pumpkin patches aren't they this year in the uk and tim is still traumatized look i make no apologies for my spooky i tell you what i will make an apology for if ever through this episode i use the term spooktacular i apologize now because i've been telling myself all week don't do it don't use that word to describe your show on sunday and i'm feeling it's getting closer you know i'm trying my best not to um so yeah pumpkins are big on the did you go to a pumpkin patch this year guys did you enjoy that did you get muddy did you wear your wellies Cause that's the trick that's the trick um it's definitely it's a bit of americana that's made it over here but i must say i'm i'm glad to see the farms diversifying to keep their you know they're charging more for their pumpkins and so they should and it's a great experience i loved it you get all the cheeky little you know what can i say twee family photos sat on a hay bale and stuff like that but it's nice nice day out right so i hope you've all got some pumpkins did you get to carving them or have you just got a pumpkin sat on the side that's now gone soft and is no good for anything um, I did cut pumpkins this year as well. That's right. I've been spinning all the plates. I'm not usually this Halloweeny. Now, I don't know whether it's an Americana part of me or whether just you know just the vibes got me this year. I don't know. But we've been pumpkining. We've been horror movieing. We've been. We even roasted pumpkin seeds. We made pumpkin pie. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I think I might have a problem now. I list it. I think something's up. Anyway, um, happy Halloween today. Have you set your clocks back? If you haven't, then well done for tuning in because you probably think it's it's 12, um, I guess, 12 or 10. Honestly, the science of clock turnings, I've, I've, I'm not even going to try and get a handle on it. Every time, I can't figure out. When we say they've gone back, I don't know. Does that mean I know I've got an extra hour of sleep, right? <laughs> and I'm all right at maths, but this particular area, I clearly, you know, I skipped. I must have not gone to school that day when they, when they were talking about clocks in back because... The, the thought of it blows my mind every time. Like, are we at 11 or are we at 10 or 12 or something else? I don't know, why do we even do that? Can we stop turning the clocks back? Just help me out. I would feel far more um, like capable in the world if we didn't turn clocks back. But alas, um, that was that is what you should have done so that now it should be about eight minutes past 11. Double check it kids, double check it, eight past 11. So you don't miss your miss your appointments. You don't wanna turn up to school late tomorrow. Do you you know that would be bad happy half term how's your half terms been are you on half term have you been back for a week are you just starting off on half term holidays are all kind of weird and wonderful now across the country aren't they so i wonder how you're doing i hope if you've been off i hope you've had a good one i have fully like left the world i've been at the cotswolds for the last four nights um well last or not today so the Four nights before last, um, we went away for a week, which was great, switching off. But it does also come with the old, the bittersweet feeling of as soon as you get home, you're like, whack! I'm back into school, and I have a few things to do today before tomorrow. So the old, the creeping mist of work is is certainly present in my day today, which is a bit of a shame. But alas, um, the half term has been great. It's been restful. Like I said, we've been going far too much into the pumpkin Halloweeny world and gotten some lovely cottagey walks and uh you know seen some great friends good food and drink all that good stuff what have you been doing for your half term what have you done and um, Khalil says my emails are calling me but I'm refusing oh uh, yes that is the mist it's the I'm saying mist because I'm trying to keep it Halloween you know vibe and um, the mist of work coming to get you Um just like Stephen King's mist in the many adaptations Um. Yeah, they they are coming for you. I'm. I have actually started doing a little bit of lane work this morning. My my little boy was up at about six a.m. or seven or five. I don't know. However you look at it, on the on my clock it was six a six a.m. Um. And he and so as he was playing, I started looking at at an inset thing. God help me. God help me. What are we like? Um. I know it's not good. I know it's not good. I know I shouldn't. But um. But like I said, I took a proper, proper, proper break for the last week. So I guess these things have to balance out in some way. I'll tell you what I wanted to ask you guys about Halloween is Halloween in schools. So as it's become more of a thing, like I say, the American tradition of Halloween has kind of crept over here. And I'm kind of up for that. I like making more of Halloween. It's fun. Um, It's a nice it's a nice bit of fun you can have with friends or with family. It kind of works in many different forms. And that's good. But the a question for you guys as teachers, I wonder, what do you think about it coming into schools? I know some schools make more of Halloween and some kind of don't mention it at all. <clears throat> some have a policy to not mention it whatsoever. And others um, will and others really, you know, they'll put on celebratory days and dress up days and decorate areas for Halloween. Obviously, the controversial line is all around the witchcraft element and what you're promoting, dark arts, you know, anti-religious, you know, Satanism kind of things, I guess. But obviously, that's not the energy behind it now. So I wonder, do you think, should we always remember and keep Halloween close to its darker roots? Or should we allow it to change and say, you know, that was then, this is now. Now people dress up as... You know, Spider-Man for Halloween, so what's the big deal? Um, I wonder what your thoughts are on it. Should it be cut out from schools? Does, does it have no place? Because it, I guess it's in some spectrum of religious-y, anti-religious-y kind of stuff. Um, should it just be left to save the complications? Or do you think that actually we should just have a bit of fun with it and and knock the walls down and what do you think what do you think what are your thoughts on halloween in school is it does it have a place in school or does it not what about magic in general because i've had before, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. If, you, if you're a long-time listener, you may well know I'm a big Lord of the Rings geek. I'm a big geek for many things, but Lord of the Rings is one of them. And one time, I started reading The Hobbit with a class. Lo behold, a parent um, spoke to me and, and said that she was a bit concerned that I was um, reading The Hobbit with my class because it involved magic and all of that kind of stuff. Um, this was when I was very very early teacher. I think I was in my second year of teaching and um you know it surprised me a little bit i didn't expect anybody anybody to really have a problem with the hobbit and currently actually there's another year group where they um, are reading narnia and i know that has lots of allegorical links to the bible and jesus and things like that but still the harry potter a lot of parents have problems with because of witchcraft dark magic references things like that what do you think teachers Would you open the door to the dark spirits and welcome them into your classroom and school building? Or would you shut them out and leave trails of garlic along the doorways or whatever trails? What what do you put on doorways? Salt? Holy water? I don't know. Whatever. Would you keep spirits out? Halloween or no Halloween in schools? I'm asking you, the listeners. This is not my main topic, by the way. Main topic today is about misconceptions, things that are taught in school that are actually not true. They're not taught as part of curriculum, and that's the thing, but they creep up so commonly. Every year in my classes, some of this stuff has crept up, um, but it's not true. It's not true. So that's the main thing I'm addressing. I guarantee you, if you're in the room, you will not know that all of these are not true there'll be some that you'll learn from so stay tuned for the misconceptions but while i'm talking on general bits and bobs halloween in class horror references in class you know because if you talk about halloween some kids are going to talk about horror movies and you kind of open the door to that discussion do you allow talking about horror movies but try and keep it to kid-friendly horror movies or is that a bit kind of what's the word um counter intuitive isn't that you aren't by talking about horror aren't you already thinking about blood and gore and you know things that shouldn't really be coming into a primary school um, or schools in general. What do you think? Type in the comments. So this is Teachers Talk Radio. Well done if you're listening, if you stumbled upon this wonderful site on your Sunday afternoon or listening back at another point. This is Teachers Talk Radio. It's an interactive um, radio podcast Live radio platform that we can chat live through the show, and I'll respond to your comments as we go. If you want to type your comments to me, you want to hop onto the Podbean app. You can type live. So, all you lovely listeners in the room, right here, we got Princess Levania. Now, listen, I'm believing that you are a princess from somewhere around the world, so I want to hear more about your your country and your customs. And um, Khalil's in the room. Seema's in the room. Guggen Media is in the room, of course. Um, Tom Rogers was in here Tim's in here legend that he is thank you for being here Tim you're a regular regular part of the Sunday brunch um welcome 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 what do you think is there a place for Halloween in schools or should it be banned should it be kept out time banished like the dark forces of the world um what do you think let me know let me know drop your comments you can call in We can talk Halloween in schools right now. Hit that round grey icon on the Podbean app and we can talk live on Teachers Talk Radio. You can tell me exactly what you think, um, if you wish, if you wish. That is the nature of Teachers Talk Radio. The whole point of Teachers Talk Radio is that it's live and interactive. And this is not just about me chatting because I am just a teacher. I'm just one of many voices in the education sector in the UK. um, And Teachers Talk Radio is about opening that up to, to a discussion. And so I wonder on the day of All Hallows Eve, for those that aren't informed, that means Halloween, um, you know, I want to hear whether you think it belongs in school or not. When I get back to school tomorrow, no doubt I'm going to be hearing about trick-or-treating jaunts that the kids have had, things they've done, movies they've watched in year six, which will be borderline inappropriate. Um, should I be shutting down that conversation or should I be saying, tell me all about it, kids. Tell me about your, your um, japes your halloween shapes uh let me know let me know what you think this is yeah this teach short radius. so tell me what you think let's see princess lavania says i'm from ghana in west africa we don't celebrate halloween so nothing much to say oh okay all right fair enough so i'm going to assume princess lavania that you think halloween should not be mentioned in school because whether you celebrate it or not you probably still have an opinion on whether it should or should not be celebrated i'm going to assume you think it should not be celebrated but tell me if you think different if you if you are sad that you don't celebrate over there um, you know feel free to feel free to speak up if you wish and that's halloween we're just finishing half term now in the world of teachers in the uk of course i'm interested about teachers all over the world how are you doing how are you getting through your terms um it's we're heading back in tomorrow so looking forward to it hope it's all good um, and if you're in the UK or somewhere where we do daylight savings, don't forget to turn back your clocks. All right. So the the episode today that's lining up ahead of us is all about misconceptions that we take on in school. So lots of things come up. Sometimes it's those it's those kids. You know, they they want to throw in a fun fact that they've learned from Uncle Ben at the weekend. That was not a deliberate Spider Man reference. Just a random Uncle Ben, um, and. The uncle, you know, has told him something that isn't actually really very true, but it's been said for many, 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 many years. I've heard so many of these misconceptions all through my life. I've passed them on to kids in my classes before, I'm sorry to say, but I won't from here onwards. This is important listening. If you want to get the facts right in your classroom, if you are guilty of going off course in your lessons, as surely most of us teachers are then um, this is the place to correct your course. And then when your smarty kid comes up and says, did you know, la de la la you can say, did you know that's not true? Because Graham Collins said it on Teachers Talk Radio. That's, that's what this show is all about, serving the kids. We are, we are educators and we are going to be laying down those facts today. And I tell you what, you will be shocked. You'll be shocked. So strap in, brace yourself for the Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really am sorry. It, I'm sorry. I won't say that word again. I couldn't help it. I, I could, because I said I didn't want to say it. It's then it's been pushing my mind the whole time to say it, to say it, to say it. So, um, all right, should we get cracking on these on these misconceptions? See where to begin. Um, it doesn't look like any, anyone's picking me up on the Halloween. Is it controversial? Are people feeling feeling anxious about talking about Halloween on the air? Um, feel free, guys, feel free. This is your safe space um, with me, Graham Collum on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, all right, misconceptions. Are you ready? Are you ready? First one that's going to blow your mind. Here it comes. The first thing that you've been teaching your kids but is not true. This is one actually, one of the few ones I did know was not true. And so I would bat that kid's hand down as soon as they say this. The Great Wall of China. When you go out to space, can you see it? Are you one of the teachers who says, when, you, when the Great Wall of China comes up, do you go, do you know, kids, that's visible from space? Because if you are, I'm telling you, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> Sit down. All right. The Great Wall of China is not visible from space. It's thin. It's long and thin. Yes, it's massive. If it was all condensed into a block, it would be. But it's long and thin. It's like seeing a strand of hair on the other side of the room. Not visible. And you know what I need? I need some kind of boom effect for every time I, like, I I establish it's not correct. Here's, let's see what we'll go for. Not this creepy laugh. Fanfare, maybe? How are you feeling about that for when you learn? Great Wall of China, not visible from space. Was that satisfying or more of a magic spell kind of thing? Nah, 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 lame, lame. right fanfare it is great wall of china not visible from space stop saying it people it's not visible all right it's it's a long thin thing khalil says what about if there are no clouds in the way i hope you're joking khalil because no one even mentioned clouds (laughs) Uh, (laughs) clouds are no clouds you can't see it it's long and thin all right it's like seeing a hair on the other side of the room can't be done all right it's not visible no more visible than anything else on the planet so no it's just a thing it would probably just look like a well look like it wouldn't look like anything because it's not visible all right so that one i'm knocking out the park straight away next one if you drop a penny from the top of the empire state building what will be the effect of that penny on the ground below or on somebody walking below it won't kill them it's true i'm looking forward to that sound effect this is going to be a great show. That sound effect is going to happen loads. Um, yeah, dropping a penny from the top of the Empire. You know, this is a bit like a QI, isn't it? QI with Graham Column and Teachers Talk Radio. I could probably get sued if I say that. Let's call it IQ, because all of our IQs are improving as we do it. Um, Khalil says it would go straight through their head and the rest of their body. Obs, he says. Are you sure you want to say that, Khalil? Are you sure you want to say obs, because? you 're about to find that the obs was it 's not obs at all and that 's a very hard word to pronounce by the way obs um, it would not kill a person because due to the shape of a penny it actually would flutter and meet air resistance on the way down um meeting at maximum speed of twenty five miles per hour, which would hurt a little but it would not kill you it would not shoot through your body with maximum speed if you if you drop the penny in a thing with like no atmosphere and just the force of it, of, of gravity, then it would reach speed of 210 miles an hour, which is what people expected. And it would be very, very dangerous and and damage life um, if it ever made contact. However, in the world of, um, of where we live, where there is air and and particles and things between us all, the coin would flutter down, reaching a maximum speed of 25 miles an hour. I can only assume it's been tested. Listen, I'm, I'm getting my facts from, well, three different, you know, Business Insider, Insider, and another site called Best Life. That's where I'm getting my facts from. But um, two of my sources say that the Empire State Building coin would not kill anybody down below. So don't worry, Khalil. That time, you, you chipped a coin off the Empire State Building and you thought, let's see what happens. There's a reason there was no ambulance when you walked out of the Empire State Building. Um, Science doesn't lie, people. Air resistance coin shape means it would flutter down and people would not be safe. So how's that for your (laughs) obvs? All right. (laughs) Two done already. Two major things battered out the park. Um, Great Wall of China, not visible from space. Dropping a penny from the Empire State Building is not deadly. Those are two things you've learned this morning on the Sunday brunch with me, Graham Collum, on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, you, you know, that is. those are both things I have said about the coin from the Empire State Building. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was obs too, um, but it's not obvs. It's, it's wrongs. All right, so um, so there we go, live and learn. Next one, this is one I found in recent years has become more known. So I will ask you now, what percentage of the brain do humans use? What percentage of our brain do we use? If a kid in your class said, do we use all of our brain power? You would answer them with what? What percentage of our brains are used? Um, would you say 10%? of our brains. I've heard that fact many, many times. I've seen the film Limitless, where he eats a a tablet, um, which allows you to access the full capacity of your brain. I've seen Lucy, starring Scarlett Johansson, where she has some special blue pack, which allows her brain to access its full capacity. It's wrong. We use the full capacity of our brains at different times, at different times. <laughs> Seema coming straight in with the, is there a difference in gender remark? I can only imagine that comes with a, uh, with a hair flick and, um, some kind of some kind of power move that puts us in our place just kidding she says no Ovs, <laughs> there's a difference in just gender um no no we all use the full capacity of our brains at different times so some you know if you're doing a crossword you're going to use one part of your brain if you're climbing a wall you're going to use a different part of your brain and if you do other things if you learn a language you're going to use a different part of your brain um there is no 90 percent of unused gray matter lying around up there so sorry Bradley Cooper and Scarlett Johansson, you were lied to and you spent two hours of our lives lying to us with false concepts about using the full capacity of our brain. Did you ever see Lucy? The film Lucy with Scarlett Johansson where she was supposed to access the full capacity of her brain and what that equated to was her like controlling the universe and time itself. What? Scarlett, I'm a fan of your movies, but what? That's not how brains work as far as I'm aware unless that becomes a a fallacy and you know in in two years i'll be on here saying turns out if we used all our brains we'd control the universe (laughs) that's not a fact all right just that was a falsely used fanfare there just so you know and khalil says yes he saw lucy fanciful to say the least yes wild it really escalates a lot you know in the, the first hour of the film you're like right this is good In the last five minutes, suddenly she's floating through space and is controlling all time and matter. And it was pretty wild, pretty wild. Anyway, good times. Not a recommendation for your Halloween movie there. Um, Let's just have a little look. Um, Brain imaging research, just to finish off this brain, 10% of our brains um, area. Brain imaging research shows that just about all of our brain is used over the course of a day. All of the brain. So there you go one more i'm going to serve to you before we have a break with news and ads and you can you can use a different part of your brain a different 10% to um, process those parts of the show before we get back onto dispelling the many many myths of the world Um, Some of them I don't know whether to read because I think I don't know if many people believe these things anyway. Some of them I'm kind of all right with. Like, so how many senses do we have? If I asked you that, how many senses do we have? What would you say? How many senses do human beings have? Would you say five? Would you say touch, taste, smell, sight and hearing? I always don't know the four... You know when you say that you can... There's different ways of saying the senses. And I think I'm, I'm not consistent in whether I use like verbs or nouns. Um, I think I go between them. But um, how many senses do you think we have? Do you think we have five? Um, because that's not true. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, Khalil says, what about sensing temperature? Good point, Khalil. Would that be part of touch maybe? Because it's kind of touch receptors maybe detecting temperature. Um to be honest there's disagreement about the number of senses altogether um but there are some that you can appreciate immediately to say your sense of balance you have a sense of balance in your body you are aware if you're put in a dark cardboard box and rolled about you know you're being rolled about <laughs> that's not just because of the touch even if you are floating in the in space and you're rotated onto your head or something, um, you would know you are rotating because you have a sense of balance. Um, so, you know, I, I always do this with my writers in class. We always talk about, your five, you know, use your senses to describe a setting or something. Use your senses to describe things. How does it look? How does it feel? What can you hear when you're there? Well, is your sense of balance affected? because there's more senses. Um, Acceleration, a sense of acceleration. Sense of pain, although arguably, I guess that could be um, included with touch. But I guess some of the sense of pain is beneath the surface, so it's not always the nerves. There we go. You know, it's here. So body position, relative temperature. Khalil, your one made onto the list. Sense of relative temperature. There's even apparently, um, arguably maybe, senses of time, itching, hunger that's a good one we can all appreciate a sense of hunger so there's a definite sixth sense when you watch the sixth sense you didn't think that's what it was about did you he didn't just see dead people he knew when he was hungry should have called it the seventh sense um blood carbon dioxide levels even just to name a few there are up to 20 senses that scientists are currently aware of um so they say guys Listen, I don't make the facts. I just spit them, all right? <laughs> Tim says pain, temperature, etc., are stimuli for the senses, not the senses themselves. Ooh, controversial. Tim is coming in to argue the, the point of some of those. How are you with the sense of hunger, though, Tim? Surely we can accept. I feel like that is the one that, that is inarguable because sense of touch is on the surface of our body. I'm thinking nerve endings on the surface of skin, but hunger is... It's something else altogether. So surely this, we can all agree that the sense of hunger is a, the sixth sense. I see hungry people. Can somebody, Nathan, can you whip up a, um, a Haley Joel Osment meme um, where he says, I see hungry people, just for my show. <laughs> Calling on you now. He's a magician, Nathan. He's our local social media magician and um, he does amazing things. So there we go. It's time for the news. It's time for a word from our sponsors, a couple of ads, and then we're going to crack on. And listen, guys, we have not even begun this journey into into the world of um of mis, misunderstood mistruths in the classroom tim says not a biologist slightly anxious that i'm being i'm being judged <laughs> um for this look I, i'm simply recounting i do have multiple sources though i can tell you that that any of the things I'm telling you right now, this is not just me winging it. Okay, this is this is backed up by multiple sources. It's not a fake news jaunt, people. So let's have the news, let's have the ads, and then we're going to crack on, and your minds are going to continue to be blown, much like Bradley Cooper's was in the movie Limitless, where he used more than ten percent of his brain, which is a fallacy. Don't forget it, kids. Need support with your phonics teaching. Oh, hold on. Did hold you on, know? Hold on. Oxford- oh, got a bit, got a bit giddy there. Let's do the news first, news, and then we're going to going to hear from those ads. Enjoy speaking among. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News.
1: This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. The 26th Annual Conference of Parties, COP26, is being hosted by the UK in partnership with Italy in Glasgow from the 31st of October to the 12th of November. The Department for Education will be leading the conversation by suggesting that the best way to fight climate change is through education. The DfE will be hosting a number of events on Zoom, some live and some available to watch on demand. They will share examples of green success stories from teachers and pupils to generate ideas and inspire others. Sessions will include green skills and careers, biodiversity and nature initiatives and a climate solutions lecture hosted by Professor Dave Ray from the University of Edinburgh. A report for ITV News has stated that Ministers and the UK Health Security Agency have urged young people to complete a lateral flow test before returning to school from half term. The latest figures have shown a slight fall in new cases of COVID-19 among school children in England and this has been attributed to schools breaking up for the holiday. It is hoped that this measure will reduce disruption to lessons and ensure that families are able to enjoy Christmas. Naheem Sahawi, the English Education Secretary said, as we start the countdown to Christmas, testing regularly and getting vaccinated is the best thing we can all do to protect education and make sure we can enjoy the best of the season, whether that's the school nativity or the family gathering over the holidays. That's why I want to encourage every young person in secondary school or college to take a test before you return to the classroom next week. We have come so far in our fight against this virus and now every single test and every single jab puts another brick in our wall of defence. This has been your Weekend Education News Briefing.
0: Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programs to help you? Read Write Inc. Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit OxfordPrimary.com forward slash phonics. Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the Mal CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course? Or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the assertive leadership and the emotionally intelligent leader courses. All MALCPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. Live from London, This is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collin on Teachers Talk Radio. Today we are getting into the lies you hear in your class regularly. The things many, many humans believe but are simply not true. So that next time they come up when a kid says, Great Wall of China can be seen from space, you can say no. When they say we have five senses, you say no. They say we use 10% of our brains. We say no, because we are live from London. This is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collum on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Yes, thank you for listening, whether you are listening live or listening back on Spotify or Podbean or Apple Podcasts or wherever you choose to listen back from. Uh, This is Teachers Talk Radio with me, Graham Collum, on Sunday the 31st of October. Sunday the 31st of October? (coughs) That's right, it's Halloween. How lucky I am to have a show on Halloween. The only host who made it today. Spooky. What's happened to the other hosts? Have they been taken? <laughs> well, no, they haven't. I can tell you there is one of the hosts is presently in the room. I'm honored to be accompanied um, by the wonderful Khalil Rouse, And we'll miss your wonderful sounds here today, Khalil. Look forward to you next week um ella is in the room good to have you in the room ella thanks for joining us if you are listening live you can comment live and join in the discussion on teachers talk radio that's the whole point of teachers talk radio that's the joy that's why i love it so much you can call in if you have a view if you want to tell me hold on hold your horses, graham we do use 10 percent of our brains then call in and tell me that with some factual backing and um i'm not going to say i'll back down but you know i'll i'll open the door to you all right like a Like a welcome visitor, I will take you into the room and listen to what you have to say. If you think the wall, the Great Wall of China is visible from space, come in and tell me. Or maybe you have another amazing fact to share. That would be really cool, by the way. If you have a commonly misbelieved or mistaught um, fact or incorrect fact, then call in and tell me. Get ahead of it. Or if I ask you a question at the start, if I say, you know, do we only have five senses and you have the solution, hit that call button. You can answer the question with your own knowledge. Bring it, people, bring it. I challenge you to bring the knowledge um, today. So let's have a little look. Let's continue on with this this exciting journey into truth and science and some things in between. Right, so what I need you to do for the next thing, also, sorry, before I get into this, coming up on the show, we do have another episode of Graham, Graham Shame on the hour of 12 that's right i well actually i had a new one develop this week so it's a modern tale of Graham shame this week um so just so you know there's that coming up as well and then we're continuing on um through the show envision for a moment you are on a skiing trip okay you're in the in the snowy alps on a november's evening Maybe you are. Maybe you're listening to Teachers Talk Radio right now from the mountains of France or Austria or somewhere along that line. Um, so imagine you're up there, you're in the cabin, you've been freezing all day. You get up and you, you head, there's a bar and you think, right, I'm freezing. What drink might you order to warm you up? Um, there is a, many, many people in the world would, would have a short. They might crack open a little glass, a little bottle of whiskey and have a little glass of whiskey to warm them up. That's a commonly, you've all got an uncle or a dad, or you are the dad who cracks open a bottle of whiskey at the end of the day and says, oh, this'll warm me up. This'll warm me up. It doesn't warm you up. (laughs) It's wrong. Oh, hold on, where's my thing? Oh no, it's too late. It's wrong. (laughs) All right, alcohol does not warm you up. Um, Never mind whether it's whiskey, bourbon, Sherry, whatever, you, whatever your your you or your relatives say um, about alcohol warming you up, it is wrong. It does not. It does give you. It makes you feel like you're warmer. So there is reason for this misconception. I can fully understand where it comes from. Um, But it does not actually warm you up. Alcohol does not warm you up. So although that to be fair, I'm saying that one, that's not likely to come up in a classroom. I feel like I've deviated from the point of it on this one. If a kid is in primary school saying, um, you know, whiskey warms you up. (laughs) I think there's other conversations to we be had before we we give him the truth of the matter Khalil Khalil, are you in a certain place right now? He seems to be coming in he's saying mulled wine dot 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 well, mulled wine is physically warmer, Khalil all right that is literally that's like saying a hot chocolate as hot as in the name, all right so a cold mould wine won't do you any good i'll tell you that much um but no a whiskey a i think whiskey is the most commonly believed to warm you up but it doesn't it actually dilates well let me, alcohol dilates our blood vessels forcing our blood closer to the surface of our skin and closer to the nerve receptors and that's why we feel like we're warmer however it gets worse the reality sets in when cold air steals this heat which originally was stored safely in our cores hypothermia may ensue so not only do you feel warmer which is not true you don't stay the same temperature you actually become colder and that's my that's the closest i get to a mic drop moment i think um is alcohol doesn't keep you warm it actually makes you colder while telling your body that you're warmer because your cells are close to the your um blood vessels are kind of move closer to the surface so there you go. What do you think of that one? Um, Khalil says mold wine. What do you think, Khalil? Can I persuade you with that science, or are you going to stick with the mold wine? To be fair, you can stick with the mold wine. It will literally warm you up. That one stick to a hot chocolate, have a tea, have a coffee. But you know that will keep you awake. So it, keep the coffees for the morning. All right, mold wine for Christmas evenings. But when Uncle or Auntie Joan, you know, or Uncle Jim, John, Ben, whoever. When they sit by the fire this, um, this winter and tell you that the, they're going to have a good whiskey to warm their cockles, you need to say, hold it, uncle or auntie or Mum or dad or granddad or whoever's doing that. Stop it. Stop it. All right. You're wrong. And I'm sick of it. Stop lying to everyone about alcohol making you warmer. You're, you're endangering us with hypothermia. All right. We are educators after all, right? This is what we do, I think. Here's a good one. All right. You're teaching your kids about, about Spain. You've got a unit that touches on Spain and its culture for some reason. Maybe it's part of your Spanish unit. You have a Spanish day in your school, okay? And controversially, one of the teachers wants to do a bit on the matadors of Spain and, you know, the bullfighting and things like that. Controversially, of course, because it's rather awful, depending on where you sit on that whole spectrum. Um, and the teacher says they wave a red flag. Because the red enrages the bull. True or false? True or false? You guys are educators. Kid comes to you, right? Kid says in your class, Ah, sir, miss, the red enrages the bull. True or false? Khalil correctly says, It's false! Red is not what enrages the bull. Yes. You will notice the bull does not run at the other red things in the room. For example, I'm looking at an image right now of a bull surrounded by red signs and red barriers and red logos, and he's only going for the flag. Does anybody know what enrages the bull? What attracts the bull to the flag? Bulls are colorblind, colorblind. After all that about red, they're colorblind. Also the matador has red boots on in this picture. Bull isn't interested in the boots. It's actually the movement of the flag that attracts the bull. It's the chaotic movement that makes the bull kind of charge towards it. I guess like, um, you know, if you have a cat or a dog, you kind of can move an object around to get their attention. They kind of try, a cat will try and claw at it. Um, I guess it's somewhat similar. It's the movement of the, the the rapid movement of the flag. That's what attracts the bull. Bulls are colorblind. Um, being dichromats, it uh, isn't the color of the cape that bothers them, but the movement of the fabric. This incites the bull to charge. So there you go. More truth for your, for your lessons, people. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about it? Are you feeling your world's rocked right now? Because I did when I read that one. I thought, oh, how many times has Mr. Column said, it's the red, kids. You gotta watch that red if you ever go to Spain. If you ever see a, see a bull, don't wear any red. Oh, there I am thinking I'm funny. What a fool Mr. Collum is. It's not the red. No bulls charging at you. Um funny, my brother, when we were younger, we were in a in a in a, walking through a field at one point, um, and, and a, a bull did become enraged with him and and kind of moved towards him. He was very, very worried at the time. Thankfully, nothing terrible ensued. He got over the fence by the time the bull got close. But it it was we were wondering what was going on. He must have had some flappy bit of clothes on, or maybe something shiny or reflective. Sounds like he might have had something shiny or reflective buttons on a denim jacket. Who knows? But anyway, he enraged a bull somehow. Probably wasn't wearing red. Maybe he was. Who knows? Um, that, is, that is another fact scored off the list. Are you feeling your minds grow in this show, guys? Um, the next one, humans. This, is, this one, I, I can feel already. I can feel the tension in the room. People are waiting to jump on this. Humans did not invo- evolve from chimpanzees. Alright. Humans did not evolve from apes. Oh man. Oh man. The Darwin crowd are lining up. They're ready to get out their pitchforks and and don't worry, I'm not going I'm not going all fake newsy on you. Don't worry. It's gonna make sense. It's gonna all be good. I just I had to start with something controversial to grab the attention. But that that, that is what we're going with. Humans did not evolve from chimps or apes, but just put down the pitchforks for a moment. The truth of it is, is that apes and humans have a common ancestor, which is not known. The missing link, one would say. Um, but yes, humans and apes, where now we are part of a kind of a common thread, a common family, but we did, it's not that there was an ape and the ape turned into a human. It was that we both had a common ancestor, which was not an ape nor a human. And that common ancestor split into two species groups, one species group becoming apes, which were chimps and gorillas, and the other species group being hominids. And that is part of Homo erectus, Homo sapiens, humans. Neanderthals, all of those. So there you go. Did humans evolve from from apes? No, they dang didn't. I need something heavier, don't I? I need I need a more heavy tune there for one like that. I was feeling that was a good moment, and it just really it fell on the fanfare. Um, but there you go. There's so no. Well, I've said that I got to say in year six I teach evol- evolution. I've spoken about it before on here, and I take great pride in teaching evolution well and t- discussing all the the things that are controversial, the things that are not controversial, the things that do have factual evidence, and the things that that are then inferred from the factual evidence. I like it a lot, but. Um, but that is something I have said incorrectly many times. I, I always thought the term was ape and then apes went into monkeys and other apes became us. Not true. Not true. So don't worry. I'm not fighting the Darwin crowd. You can put down the picture or sit back down, put a kettle on sit around the table this is teachers talk radio that's what it's all about we're all friends here and um, in 10 minutes we're going to get into graham's shame so i'm going to tell you something that's happened in the last few days that has um, been embarrassing in my life to to make you guys feel better about your life up until those those 10 minutes pass we are still knocking out the misconceptions as a recap here's the things that we have educated ourselves on so far after a spooky start to the show by the way which you may have missed and if you did miss i strongly encourage you to listen back because Listen, I'm all for the Halloween scares, and I know at least Tim was scared in the room at the very minimum. Khalil may well have been scared. Seema, I think, was laughing, all right, which I think was a defense mechanism because she, she, was, she was scared, right? Um, Possibly. The Great Wall of China is not visible from space. That's the first one. Dropping a penny from the Empire State Building is not deadly. We do not use 10% of our brains. Human beings do not only have five senses. Alcohol does not make you warmer. And bulls are not enraged by the colour red. And of course, if you've been listening in the last five minutes, you also know humans did not evolve from apes or chimpanzees. That is it, guys. That is it. All right. Now, new position to put yourselves in. A bird falls out. Oh, are humans and apes cousins, though? Khalil asks, are humans and apes cousins? I think in a genetic sense, that is fair because cousins have a common ancestor, don't they? They're descended from a common ancestor. Cousins will have the same grandparents. And I think in that sense, where our kind of grandparents would be the missing link. Then we have that common connection. Therefore, yes, I think you could say they're cousins, sure. That's yeah, a nice, nice brings us all together, isn't it, in a in a happy little way. But I wonder what other species might also be cousins from that common ancestor that we don't might not be so close to humans and apes, but are still somewhat connected. Khalil says, I've just done some Googling and they apparently share a long-distant ancestor indeed. Type this as you replied. Cool. There you go. And um, so there you go. Cousins, but not um, but not descended one from the other. Um, here's, here's one. So here's another situation to imagine. You are walking through a field. You see a cracked bird egg on the floor. The concerned animal friend within you sees the bird nearby and you think that bird cannot get back to its nest. You sight the nest in the tree. Do you place the bird back in the nest or have you been given advice in your life not to? I'd like to hear from you. If you see a bird accidentally descended from its nest and you could place it back in the nest, do you do that? Do you put the bird back in the nest or do you not? I ask you, I challenge you here on Teachers Talk Radio. If you have an answer, you can type it in the comments on Podbean or you can call in. Do you put the bird back in the nest? Because many people have been told, You can't touch baby birds or eggs that have fallen from their nest or their mother will reject them because they're tainted by your human smell. It's not true. That's right, heroes. You can grab birds and put them back in their nests. (laughs) I don't encourage you to do it. I don't think you should go out looking for birds. But it's important to know that if you stumble upon a fallen bird um, and you could help, you can help. Um, it will not, it does not mean that the mum will, will reject the bird or it'll make the bird's life worse if you help it. Um, here's the facts while messing with a nest may cause a mother to temporarily flee. This is due to visual cues when she sees that the nest is not how she left it, not down to smell. birds are limited in their olfactory sense and can't differentiate human from bird putting a bird or egg back in the nest if the bird is supposed to be there will not lead to rejection people are encouraged to put baby birds back in their nest when possible so genevieve or Pierre, or wendy muskrop if you guys see a bird um, on the floor and you can see its nest you can pick it up it's it's fine okay don't believe all those times you've been told not to touch birds or eggs you can put them back and look after them they can get back to their families and have a lovely life hanging out with their family rather than despairing on the floor because we think we can't interfere Um there you go there's another one there's another one we're doing well are you guys doing well are you guys are you guys appreciating these facts right now are you have you all had one that you did not realize have you all been surprised at this point please drop in the comments so i so i realize so i feel that i am doing you guys a service if you think you know i've gone through these things and actually you knew all of them and you're wasting your time and you need a good quality one then let me know that as well because i, I got i got ones here guys here's one that i know you've heard i know it and i know you believe it and i'm telling you now it's wrong hair and nails. Growing after we die, do you believe that do you believe that hair and nails continue to grow after death because it's not true yes, that horrifying idea on all Hallow's Eve the horrifying idea of hair and nail continuing to grow after we die is not true um hair and nails only look like they have grown after death because the skin around those areas recedes you know it kind of i guess it dries up a little bit or it kind of crinkles a little bit um but it gives the hair and the nails the appearance of having grown the fact is when you're dead not much is going to be happening growth wise so if you're a scientist you know planning to find the 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 clue for everlasting life through hair and nail genes i'm sorry you've got to go back to the drawing board on that one um it's not true it's not true so heron my wife told me that just the other day and i believed it like a fool now after this show i'm gonna i'm gonna head straight to her and say listen ha huh. hair and nails you you think you're gonna be looking after your nails after you die forget it they ain't going anywhere your skin's just gonna recede which i think is actually more scary when now i say it aloud Oh man, the nightmares will return. Well, here's a quick and easy one Vaccines don't cause autism. Da da da. There's a surprise. I'm going to skip that one because it's nonsense that people would even come up with it. Um, how about fish? Right? We're coming up to our next news and ad break. And then it's going to be Graham Shane. So this is the last one Memories of Goldfish. You watched Nemo, you saw the joke about memory in fish and more commonly stated about goldfish. How long is a fish's memory? Guys, I ask you now on the airwaves of Teacher Talk Radio. You can comment if you're listening live, comment in the comments or call in, hit the round gray icon. Tell me how long a fish's memory is from the way you've been told all through your life from multiple people who all seem like reliable sources of information. How long is a fish's memory? Tell me now, tell me now. You know what, I'm even going to give you a tune for a moment so you get a, you get a moment to think about how long a fish's memory is. But don't forget, type it in the comments. How long? Pierre Lin has commented three minutes. Khalil, Khalil, are you Googling on me right now? Googling this episode as we go. Khalil says five months. And he would not be wrong. Or Well, he would be a little bit, but not far off. He's closer to the accurate amount. Um, they actually do not have a shockingly short memory span. They don't have this through I used to think it was three seconds for some reason, which is just bizarre. But um that I heard three minutes, three seconds. Many people thought um three minutes. There's a play called Dying Goldfish, which states they have only 30 seconds of memory. All of that is untrue. The actually, in reality, goldfish have a memory span of up to three months. Three months of memories they're making. They're good. That's about. That's better than my memory. Fish are doing well. If you, if you ask me what I remember from a week ago, I can't tell you. So well done, fish. Three months. They they wouldn't remember birthdays, but still, they're doing far better than I. Um, they can be taught to follow a routine, and apparently now, listen. I'm I'm just at this point. I'm reading. This could be fake news as much as anything. Apparently, they can follow a routine and can tell the time. How you establish that a fish can tell the time? I don't know. I don't know. Bloop once for for one. Bloop twice for two. I don't know. You be doing have, have some, uh, That would be enough of a challenge for me in my life to figure out how to get a fish to tell the time but listen um, even high school students have gotten in on the action of disproving that myth fish remember guys so all that time you were joking around with your fish thinking oh it won't remember it won't remember that i was mean to it that time it remembers it remembered for three months let's see leanne says maybe the fish could teach the year one kids Ooh, a bit bit of bit of shade on the (laughs) on the year one kids there leanne um but yes i think totally reasonable oh how to tell the time well you say year one you're being generous leanne i could do with some fish in my year six class actually um to, to help them with the time um fish teachers is that the future fish teachers she says that too yes indeed right we are just about on the hour of 12 good afternoon teachers talk radio listeners i hope you're all doing great we are going to have a bit of news we're going to have a bit of a word from our sponsors and advertisers. And then we're going to have Graham Shame, my own unique gift to you every week on Graham's on the Sunday brunch. Um, and then after that, we're going to crack on with even more unbelievable facts. Can you believe it? Can you believe that there are still loads more of these? There are, by the way. And um, before we get the news, I'm just going to give you a spooky reminder that today's Halloween. Oh, enjoy the day, guys. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio
3: News.
1: This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. The 26th Annual Conference of Parties. COP26 is being hosted by the UK in partnership with Italy in Glasgow from the 31st of October to the 12th of November. The Department for Education will be leading the conversation by suggesting that the best way to fight climate change is through education. The DfE will be hosting a number of events on Zoom, some live and some available to watch on demand. They will share examples of green success stories from teachers and pupils to generate ideas and inspire others. Sessions will include green skills and careers, biodiversity and nature initiatives and a climate solutions lecture hosted by Professor Dave Ray from the University of Edinburgh. A report for ITV News has stated that Ministers and the UK Health Security Agency have urged young people to complete a lateral flow test before returning to school from half term. The latest figures have shown a slight fall in new cases of COVID-19 among school children in England and this has been attributed to schools breaking up for the holiday. It is hoped that this measure will reduce disruption to lessons and ensure that families are able to enjoy Christmas. Nahim Sahawi, the English Education Secretary said, as we start the countdown to Christmas, testing regularly and getting vaccinated is the best thing we can all do to protect education and make sure we can enjoy the best of the season, whether that's the school nativity or the family gathering over the holidays. That's why I want to encourage every young person in secondary school or college to take a test before you return to the classroom next week. We have come so far in our fight against this virus and now every single test and every single jab puts another brick in our wall of defence. This has been your Weekend Education News Briefing.
0: Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE-validated programs to help you? Read Write Inc. Phonics, Floppy's Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit OxfordPrimary.com forward slash phonics.
2: Hello everyone and welcome to the History Hotline, the hottest line for all things black history and beyond. I'm your host, Deanna Lynn Cook, making space for honest conversations about Black British, Caribbean and African history. Here to teach you all the things left out of your school books. Make sure you subscribe to The History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. Follow us on social media, at The History Hotline on Instagram and at The History HL on Twitter to find out about new upcoming episodes.
0: Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge, and empower your team through the MAL CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course? Or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the Assertive Leadership and the Emotionally Intelligent Leader courses? All MAL CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com.
3: Great shame.
0: Hello, hello. I hope that you this Sunday afternoon finds you well on All Hallows' Eve as you head into perhaps the final day of your half-term break and prepare to return to school and your classes tomorrow. Of course, many of you will be in different contexts, and that might not be the case, but I'm going to take a punt and say the majority of maybe the UK. Are returning to their schools tomorrow. Um, so it's time for Graham's Shame, a unique part of the show that I've done on almost all of my episodes, where I tell you something awful I've done in my life so you can feel a little bit better about the things in your life. It's all about boosting each other, boosting each other's mental health and letting you know that if you did something similar, then hey, I did it too. It's all good. If you haven't done it, then you can simply laugh and enjoy the fact that you have led a wiser life than myself. Yes, Graham Shame, one of my favourite parts of my episodes. I am getting to the end of them though. I had, uh, my list was down to one Graham Shame. I only had one more to do and then, but luckily I did something stupid this week and that made up made up the numbers, so I still have one remaining on my list. So I was away this week. We went to the the Cotswolds for four nights. It was lovely. Went with many friends. Arquette is listening from Michigan. Great to have you in the room, Arquette. Are you on a break as well, or are you just in the middle of your school term, I wonder? Um, we're in the Cotswolds, which is a little spot in the southwest of England. And we're winding down, having a great time. We we need to do a shop at one point. We thought, right, we're running out of treats. Somebody needs to get the popcorn and crisps and chocolates. Um, so I was I was, you know, assigned the role to to go and get these things, which I love because I think one of my special skills in life is being a good treat shopper. You know, that's one of the things. Uh, and you know, maybe that's why I'm not so good at giving trick or treating things to kids. I just I love the treats so much. want to have them for me. Anyway, um, we were driving. So I'm in the car with two very, very good friends of mine. Um, and at one point, I'm driving up a hill in second gear, right? And it was fine. A friend of mine says, you might want to be in first gear. And I'm like, ha, ha, you have to tell me how to drive. you know. I, I made some cocky comment about, about not you know, being fine as I was. Um, and so I kind of struggled up in second. At one point, I probably did then get down to first. and We had a little laugh about it. Fine. Then um, we're going up. The hills get kind of crazy in the Cotswolds, certainly in this spot. It was clearly the sat-nav had taken us on some silly road. Totally unnecessary, but it had taken us on this ridiculous road. And we're going up a steep hill, and there's a cyclist in front. Now, I don't know how what your relationship is like with cyclists. I, myself, am quite a cyclist, and I consider myself a very chilled and calm cyclist. Often try and move out the way of cars, cycle on the path where I can, just to save stress for myself and for other drivers and things like that. This cyclist was not one of those. Okay, he was going on the road and he was pacing it, pacing. It. He must have been, you know, he may well have been training for something, timing himself and some intense practice. Um, then it comes to a point. There's a little kind of pull in that usually at those points, if it was me, I would pull in and step off my bike for a second, let the car pass, and then I get going again. Um, and I, you know, and I could see he was heading towards the pulling bit, so I was like, great, this is fine. He pulls in, but rather than stop. He continues cycling whilst waving maniacally. All right, like I'm not not, not, not two or three little waves to say, go ahead, go and overtake. He was going crazy. His arm was flapping like his life depended on it. And I was like, whoa, okay, all right, let's go. But I left the car in the second gear. So it starts, and it was really, really steep hill. So it's trying to get up this hill. And he didn't step off the bike. He didn't, he, he wanted me to go around him while he continued, which, you know, given the second gear state of and poor state of my driving, it didn't happen. So the cyclist comes out of the dip and he's still ahead of me. He didn't, you know, he could have even if he's training for the Olympics, he could have put a foot on the ground for five seconds and let me, you know, inch past him at my ridiculous pace and all the problem would have solved. Instead, <laughs> he pulls out again, and glares at me like an idiot, which I kind of was for being in second gear, Um, but basically couldn't overtake the cyclist for the life of me. So then the next bit comes and he goes even wilder waving for me to go past him, to which I go into first gear and then successfully overtake him, much to my own shame. And to the friend who's in the car who I had batted down about criticising my second gear, well, you know, I I had to face facts and say, basically, that was all the worse because you were right about me being in the wrong gear. Um, a very, a very embarrassing turn of events. But can we talk about the cyclist for a moment? Step off your bike, mate. All right. Why are you so angry? <laughs> he was so angry when I. It was very embarrassing not to overtake him in the car when he'd given me space to overtake. Not very much, by the way. Not enough, but enough. Um, and, but to not overtake a bike when you're in a car, and he was an aggressive cyclist. I'm not going to talk about stereotypes, but he was a particularly aggressive cyclist and to not, uh, not do the deed whilst previously being told that I should have been in the gear that would have allowed me to overtake him. There was a lot of shame piled in to a single moment. I don't know that I've conveyed it well for you guys as listeners, but it was deeply shameful. And the only way for me to handle it was to, um, was to own it really and be like, yes, that was embarrassing. And that cyclist needs to calm down. Great. we could talk cyclists i gotta be honest i i i, I generally i generally am very open to cyclists. i don't try, i try not to judge a cyclist because i am a cyclist and i have been judged by many drivers who expect me to be angry and aggressive and know it all but i have to say from my experience as a driver as opposed to my experience as a cyclist a lot of cyclists are really angry And I don't know why (laughs) I thought cyclists would, I thought, you know, cycling is like a healthy gets the blood flowing, chill you out a bit. Why are you so angry? Why are you acting like you're in the Olympics right now in this moment? Like to literally place a foot on the ground for less than five seconds, your record time will, will last. Okay. It will survive. Do it again tomorrow, mate. Come on. Alas, this that was one of my things in my week. Not the biggest shame in my world, but um, like I said, I don't know if it came across well to you guys, but it was intense in the moment and not being able to overtake a cyclist in a car is pretty shameful. So there we go. There we go. Onwards, what we're doing today, in case you've joined us recently, we are D... De- what's the word? D... De- dethroning myths I don't know We there are common myths that are taught in school as truth for example that you can see the Great Wall of China from space or that we only use 10% of our brains or that a bull charges to anything that's red. all of those are false and I'm I'm crusading through this episode, disproving lots of falsities of of the world, things that kids will say in your class when they think they've got a special fact for, for everybody to be impressed by. You now know the ones that are the facts from the ones that are not the facts. Here's another one. This is one that I had never heard, to be honest, but maybe you have. Do you believe that toads give you warts? I'd never heard that. But I read it today in my in my research, um, and apparently some people believe that um, touching a toad can give humans warts. Um, I don't know where that's come from. I guess it's just because they're kind of bumpy creatures, and we associate warts with toads. But yes, they're not. The bumps on a toad aren't even warts to begin with. And secondly, humans can only contract warts from the human virus, uh, not from animal diseases. So I don't know where that comes from. I've never heard it myself, but if you thought you could get warts from toads, don't worry, get back to handling toads. I'm sure loads of you have, you know, really wanted to hold toads and have thought, I'm not gonna do it because I want warts. Well, now you can kids, and now you can. Um, here's one that I have to say, I'm really glad to put out there because I've been on school trips and this has been a problem on my school trips before and people take it really seriously. And the look of terror when you talk about it is something worth saying. Oh, I didn't use my little fanfare on the last one. So just to recap, you can't get toad, can't get warts from toads. That's a fact for you all. Here's another one. If you have a sleepwalker, right? You're on a residential school trip, you're there overnight. You find out one of your kids is a sleepwalker, are you allowed to wake them or do you think that waking a sleepwalker could harm them? Because I've been on school trips before and the, um, the discussion around this kid's a sleepwalker, you know, oh, you can't wake them. You can't do it. It's incredibly dangerous. That I've heard that a lot from established and intelligent teachers. It's not true. Waking sleepwalkers does not harm them at all in the long run, which I to me has always made sense. When people take it really serious to not wake sleepwalkers, I'm like, I just kind of think, well, it's gonna have happened to a lot of people at some point. There's gonna be people who, who wake a sleepwalker and they don't have their lives ruined. Like, I don't know why people are so terrified from it, but it's a thing that's been established. It's in various TV, film, TV shows and films and that waking a sleepwalker can lead to disastrous or hilarious results. Um, But no, they might be momentarily disoriented or confused, but that's all. There's no real danger in waking them up at all. Um, In fact, to be fair, many sleepwalkers can sustain injuries if they continue walking around. They're more likely to injure themselves if you leave them to it. So absolutely wake them and shake them out of it and they're good. They'll be a bit confused. Send them back to bed they're fine i don't know where that was come from but it always sat weird with me and some teachers have taken it so seriously let us know if you're a sleepwalker we'll have to do this for them have to put them in this place La just wake them up it's fine um so yeah that is a is a very much misunderstood one many people terrifying themselves at the thought of waking up a sleepwalker when it will do nothing but cause momentary confusion which is true when you wake up anyway i woke up today thinking i was in the cotswolds room it took me about 30 seconds to realize where i was um, you know, and I'm good now, I think. I think my brain is okay. Fingers crossed. Um here's another one. This is one that I have incorrectly oh so firstly, just to recount that one, um waking sleepwalkers, totally fine, not a problem. So I have a cold at the moment. You might hear it in my voice. I've been a little bit under the weather, and then my wife is under the weather, it's gone around the family a little bit, so we're all kind of in this cycle of being perpetually, perpetually ill, which is not very fun. Um, And so the other day, in fact, last night we were talking about our our little boy who's who's had the cough. He's had it for such a long time. We're thinking, oh, what is it with that? And I said, right, I'll just give him water tonight because we've been giving him Horlicks and milk. And that probably makes it worse. And my wife said, of course, that's what it is. We've been giving him these things and that's why it's been making his throat worse. Well, prepare yourself to be shocked. Dairy does not increase mucus production who thought that the word mucus would come into today's show it's not a word i love to use i've got to be honest with you but um yeah dairy and mucus do not have a relationship it's complicated what can i say um i i have always avoided dairy when i have really bad colds and things and um, because i think it will decrease my mucus production There's no scientific evidence whatsoever to back that up. It's suggested that it's psychosomatic. People associate drinking milk with a similar feeling of coating the tongue and throat. So because you know that feeling, when you have milk, it feels like it kind of coats a layer on your tongue and throat. And so that feels similar to mucus and things. And so it seems to be we've linked those just without any real research or knowledge. Sometimes I think humans think they've come a lot further than they have. And I think a lot of this stuff, a lot of these kind of things that I myths, it just turns out people were just guessing. They were just, it's like flat earthers. You know, flat earth, they look at the world, they say it looks flat, probably is flat. That's essentially what's happened with this mucus and dairy link. It's just people saying, feels similar, probably is similar. And there it was. How many times have you heard that in your life? How many times when you've had a cold, have you had people say, oh, don't drink milk, or, oh, don't have too much of this drink, don't have too much, you don't wanna have the dairy? It's not true. You can have a milkshake when you're unwell. Treat yourself. You deserve it. All right. Um, so there you go. There you go. That is another amazing fact um, to, to get in your life. Don't believe them. Don't believe the hype people. We've all been believing. You know, how many people have been terrified of dropping a coin off the Empire State Building? Or how many people, when they were young, you know, they went up to the top of the Eiffel Tower with their secondary school. And they thought they couldn't help themselves they thought oh i'm going to try and try and throw something off see what happens and then when they got back to the bottom of the eiffel tower no one had been killed by a coin no one had you know been killed by a falling object well there's a reason and that's because dropping things from great heights do not um build up killer speeds um depending on their shape and how they if they're aerodynamic with gravity then you might have a chance to build up some speed and force. And obviously the weight behind an object would also add to it. But a coin, no worries, people. No worries at all. So there you go. Here's a few um, that you might be surprised by. So one that I I was putting about when I first think about this topic, I mentioned it a few times. George Washington. If ever you've mentioned the first president of the United States, George Washington, you will always have a kid who comes up with a weird fact or maybe for teaching about teeth, you'll have a kid who comes up with a weird fact. What's the weird fact about George Washington's teeth? I'm going to give you a moment to think of it. What's the fact about George, George Washington's teeth? Have you heard it in class? You probably have. What is it? And is it true? Is the real question. You've probably heard that George Washington had wooden teeth it's not true it's a load of nonsense no wooden teeth for george washington Um, it is believed that he had dentures that may be made from different materials for example gold or um let me have a little look where's my little i'm losing it i'm losing it it was on the list it's vanished for now anyway maybe i'll come back to it um Yes, he had dentures, but they were not made from wood. They were made, there are three different materials that they could have been made from, but not wood. The reason people thought thought wood is because of the color of them. Sorry, George, your teeth were so brown. People thought they were made of wood, but they were not actually made of wood. So we're getting to a bit of historical ones now, right? We, we're gonna move into a few subject areas as we head towards the end of the show, although we're closer to the end than I'd like. We're only on nine minutes. Napoleon, tall or short? You tell me, listeners. Was Napoleon tall or short? Hit me with your facts. Napoleon Bonaparte, tall or short? I know it's commonly believed that Napoleon was short. However, it's not true. Yes, it's believed, it's been said that he was five feet, two inches tall, which everybody thinks, well, that's quite short for a leader, for a guy, for whatever. But That's in French inches, not in English inches. He actually stood five feet, seven inches, which was taller at the time because obviously he's not alive now, this was in history. He was taller than the average European man. Five foot seven inches in in regular inches that we would understand these days and taller than the average European. Napoleon was not the short person you've been told Listen guys, I, can't, I don't make the facts. I just tell you them, I just tell you them. Um, here's some other ones, here's some other ones. Cracking your knuckles. What do you say when you got a kid snapping his knuckles? I had someone do it the other day, but funnily, when I was a kid, I used to do it, and then I was told something about cracking your knuckles, and I learned that it wasn't true, so I told this kid that's not true, but it still is horrifying, please stop it. Cracking your knuckle, knuckles, does it cause arthritis? That's what I was told when I was a kid. That's what somebody said to this kid. But it's not true.
3: <laughs>
0: cracking your knuckles does not cause arthritis. It's a lie, Ella. Ella thought it will give them arthritis, but it's not. It's not true. Um, I was told it wasn't true, and I can say now, as a 35-year-old guy, I do not have arthritis or any kind of problem with my, you know, knuckle joints. Um, it just is some air cracking in. Let's see, the cracking is actually bubbles bursting in the synovial fluid that surrounds the knuckles. Um, It could diminish grip strength as they get older. Um, You know, my grip strength is okay. I have to say when I play piano, my little finger doesn't do so well. um, And I always think that could be a little thing to do with my, my cracking of knuckles. Grip strength is not so good. So if you want to put your kids off cracking their knuckles, don't tell them it gives them arthritis. It's not true. But you could say it will diminish your grip strength you know, are you? do you want to drop a can when you're older? Do you want to drop your ice cream for the rest of your life, son? Stop cracking your knuckles. Um, this is one that the next one is going to have a lot of people asking questions, myself included. And I have to say, there's not enough facts to back up that it's not true. But listen, my list here that I'm citing from, I cited my sources, sources earlier. It says that apparently sugar does not make kids hyperactive. Listen, I am just a, I'm, don't shoot the messenger here because I know if you're listening right now, you're thinking, oh, hold on. I remember the effects of sugar when I was a kid, never mind my own kids. I, I gave my own kid cake the other day and it, he was mad for the, for the rest of the day. And I was totally a, a believer that that was down to the sugar. Apparently it's a myth. A sugar high is a myth um the connection between hyperactivity and sugar was debunked by a series of studies um, in 1995. So apparently sugar does not make you hyper. Bobby has just typed sugar makes you hyper. Apparently not. But you've got to look up your American Medical Association in 1995. They have a journal that disproves it. Multiple studies disprove that sugar makes you hyperactive. That to me is shocking. But. There you go. I I don't make the facts. I'm just reading them. This is one I quite like. If you didn't like my my one about apes and humans, you're not going to like this one neither. Do you tell your kids that dinosaurs went extinct? Do you do that? Because they didn't. Oh my. Is that... Are we living in Jurassic Park? Kind of. Kind of. Because there are animals that evolved from dinosaurs. Um, Dinosaurs did not go fully extinct. We would say they are virtually, they virtually went extinct, but not fully. Um, And the more, so we teach fossils and a little bit on dinosaurs in year six. And over the years, the more I've taught it, the more I've come to improve this version of the conversation where it used to be, they're extinct. And then a kid would mention, isn't this kid, isn't this creature a descendant of a dinosaur? Isn't that a descendant of a dinosaur? What about crocodiles? Yes. Crocodiles in a pretty similar, or alligators, sorry, in a pretty similar form, walked, swam, and killed alongside dinosaurs. They would be a dinosaur. They're reptile. They they meet lots of the features and things that dinosaurs um, would do, and they are still around now. So not all dinosaurs went extinct. Also, many, many birds are descendants of dinosaurs. The humble chicken, you know, is a descendant of the dinosaur. So, Dinosaurs did not go fully extinct. Many of them were wiped out, especially the large ones, because when your atmosphere is turned upside down and you're, you, know, you have all the landscape differences, large creatures are gonna find it harder to adapt because they are, you know, they demand more immediately. But the you know, dinosaurs evolved into birds and alligators did all right out of it. So dinosaurs did not go extinct. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Yes, indeed. How about the when we talk about walking on the moon? Neil Armstrong, first guy on the moon, if you believe that he was the first guy on the moon. Dun, dun, dun. Let's say we're going to lean away from the conspiracy theorists of walking on the moon. Um, Neil Armstrong on the moon. What did he say when he walked on the moon? What was his thing? This is Teachers Talk Radio. You can type it in the comments if you know the quote. Type it in the comments, call in, and you can just tell me your Neil Armstrong quote. He walked on the moon and he said, what did he say? Give me, I'll give you the radio sounds. What did Neil Armstrong say when he stepped on the moon? We're getting right to the end of the show. This might be the last one we have. I'm gonna give you some thinking music. What's the quote? Full quote, Khalil, if you can. Houston. More more than just a small problem. Have a misquoting problem. He did not say one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Because arguably, that quotes a load of rubbish anyway. One small step for man, man is kind of interchangeable with mankind. He actually said, which is more grammatically correct, one small step for a man, one giant leap. For mankind. Khalil is saying maybe he's the man. He is the man, isn't he? What a cool guy. Um, one small step for a man. One giant leap for mankind. So there you go. I should have done that in radio voice. I'll try it one more time. One small step for man. No, that's bad. The impression was not as good as I anticipated it was gonna be. I'm gonna leave it there. Um Let's see. Uh, Here's the fun one. Um, Oh, I found the George Washington one. So he wore a a series of dentures, some made from ivory, gold, and even lead, but not wooden teeth. No wooden teeth for George Washington. So there you go. Also, Isaac Newton having an apple fall on his head. Before I run out of time on the show, he did not have an apple fall on his head. He observed falling apples in his journey to establishing the discovery of gravity and the, the theory of gravity. But he did not at any point have an apple hit him on the head. And that is it, guys. I've been telling you for 90 minutes, disproving the common myths um, of, of the universe. So I hope that you have helped, you know, you, that you will take these forward with you. And when a kid brings up, oh, if you drop a coin from top of the I've, top, top of the Empire State Building, you will say no. It will flutter down and reach a maximum speed of 25 miles an hour. Or if they say you can see the Great Wall of China from space, you will say no i see like seen a hair at the other side of a room. Or if they say, we only have five senses, or we have five senses, you will say, no. What about your sense of hunger? What about your sense of balance? All of that good stuff. So there you go, guys. Um, it's been a pleasure being on the airwaves. I always love it here. Thank you for your interactions. Thank you, Ella, Bobby, Khalil. Um, Seema or Lynn wonderful, wonderful contribution from you all. Thank you for being here. If you're listening back, I appreciate your listening back. I'm very, very grateful. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. Halloween, spook it up. All right. Remember to ignore your trick-or-treaters. They don't deserve your sweets. You do. Treat yourself. Um, enjoy watch a scary movie enjoy the end of your half term if you're finishing if you're starting then enjoy it even more gloat while you can over the next week for people like me who are heading back into the workplace i hope you all have a wonderful wonderful rest of your um day all right speak to you all next week have a good one cheers khalil thanks ella you've been listening to teachers talk radio this one hang for a while. Why not? It's Halloween. Get to do this once a year. All right, guys. Have a good one. See you later.